This week's episode is brought to you by the number six. Now it's our turn to, uh, sorry for the words, but put our balls on the table. How do you like that, man? This week's episode is now started. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Steph House. You're locked into the Mile High Hockey Podcast for March 22nd, 2016. I almost said March 21st. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about the playoffs a lot. Big spoiler there. Before we get to it, I'm going to introduce you to somebody voices for the week. Joining me, as he often does, is your head-on show from Mile High Hockey. Say hello to Ryan Murphy. Yep. Say hello also to Earl06, who's been here quite a bit lately. Thank you, Earl. Howdy. And joining us once again is our old friend Randy Time. What's up, Randy? Howdy, howdy. With that, let's just get into it. It's been a good week. We said last week, hey, just get six points. That's all. That's no big deal. And the team did what? They got six points. Yes. And and two of them came without McKee. Can it do shame? Yeah, well, that's... Was like, in? <laughs> yeah, almost spoilers, but not quite. Starting okay. on Wednesday, the uh, team kind of had their sort of a four-game road trip. I think they came home bet- after the Winnipeg game because they had like three days off, so why not? Avs win 3-1 over the Vancouver Canucks, who I just watching this game, I was just thinking, man, they're bad, aren't they? Yeah, Mikkel Blocker yeah. scores twice. Andreas Martinson scores late as well. Uh, let's see, that was 28 saves for for Varley. That's that's okay. Some bad comments in the locker room afterwards. Did you hear uh, Daniel Sedin? I did not. You're gonna have to read it for us, I guess. You know, yeah. I wish I had the quote, but I, I believe he kind of uh, alluded to the locker room giving up. Especially the young guys. Yeah. Right. I don't think I'm they finding like that this. Much. In Vancouver? Yeah. Well, they had uh, Alex Burroughs telling the media today that they just needed to try harder, which, I mean, what else else do you expect him to say? (laughs) (laughs) Break into a convoluted explanation of strategy and, uh, you know, gamesmanship. Or he could, you know... Break it down. (laughs) Like, well... Vancouver media, I just have to tell you, our roster's not very good. No. Um, it needs work. A lot of work. Hint, it won't be good for a while either. Right. <laughs> After the dominance that Vancouver had over the no- old Northwest Division, this is going to be a little bit of a nice payback. I'm, I'm relishing it, you know? I think a lot of Avs fans sort of forget the hate we had for those guys for years, but you know. I've still hated the Canucks. Yeah, no, it's, I mean it's it's kind of funny. Like I stopped hating Detroit. I mean, yeah, I want them to beat Detroit, but I don't hate them. Like I hate Minnesota, I, and the Dallas hate has kind of gone away. But Vancouver, it's just not them. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> lose to them. Plus, they beat the Avs the previous two meetings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they inexplicably won twice already this year before this last game. Yeah. It's just that inexplicably, yeah. No Ryan Miller jumped in a time machine once, and then the other one, the Avs just dropped a turd on the ice, and that was it. I know what happened, and how that happened is they fucked up. They've The last two games, 
they told Ryan Miller something that motivated him, and I know what it was. And this time they figured he's still riding it. We're not going to bother him. And it, he, well, wait, it wasn't even, was it Miller and Ned this time? I can't remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he, he was there. And so yeah. the, what they told him is Olympic tryouts are coming up. <laughs> you might want to look good. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> you should be doing the explanations to the media there. You deserve that. <laughs> You see, we lost because we, we couldn't figure out how to shoot it at the net during a power play. <laughs> These five-on-three five advantages, we, we just want to toy with the other team and lull them into a false sense of security. It's been working pretty well. <laughs> One of the basketball games ended with an interview that was basically like, why are you getting beat on the rebounds? Uh, they're grabbing the ball before we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like softball that one in there <laughs> anyway abs move on on friday to alberta where they take on the calgary flames abs win 4-3 in the shootout saw goals from eric johnson tyson berry and carl soderberg and then michael bodker with the game winner in the shootout which was really one of the more embarrassing shootouts i've ever watched apart from his goal colburn oh my god <laughs> joe colburn was like i should shoot this i should shoot this oh i don't want to i don't want to no shots on goal. Johnny Goudreau, I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to shoot it. Oh, I, uh, the goalie has this now. I don't know what happened. Wasn't Colborn a top prospect for the Kessel deal from Boston originally? I don't He's remember where he was picked from, but he was. A, he was involved in yeah. the Boston to Toronto deal. He's like this top prospect at the time. And I just remember <laughs> Toronto fans going, we got a number one center finally. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And they were overjoyed when he got moved as part of the Dion Phaneuf deal. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Phaneuf. Uh, who'd we lose? Did we oh, lose somebody? Me. Oh, yeah, okay. Back. <clears throat> Welcome back. We were making fun of the shootout in Calgary. Easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really impressive game for Bodker, though. I mean, I, I think... Yes. You know, he, he kind of took over as the game went on, especially after Mac went out. And <clears throat> he's really impressed me with kind of taking on more and more responsibility very quickly as, uh, <clears throat> you know, as Patrick's kind of given it to him over the past couple of weeks. I mean, what, what he's playing like now is not what I expected when we traded for him. Well, he scored twice on Wednesday and played better on Friday. Yeah. But like you mentioned, uh, McKinnon at some point in the third period disappeared. Please be okay, Nathan. And we have heard nothing since other than the... He went back to Denver for his MRI. We've heard the K word. It is a knee-related injury, which (laughs) is not ideal. Or in in Sacco era days, lower body concussion. Yeah. Well, we saw the video afterwards, dude, and somebody made the gif out of it. I mean, it's right off a of face-off, and some guy gets caught up with Boshevin, you know, on the circle, and skates right into his knee. It looked pretty <sighs> innocuous at the time, but those things, man. Little things. It wasn't like Jamie McGinn ran into him, you know? Right. I was at that game, by the way, and that made me really sad. I know. It was very awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very awful. Fucking fatty. <laughs> anyway, the abs continue to roll on. 
on Sunday in Edmonton with a 3-2 win, which was probably not that close. Um, Edmonton scored with eight seconds remaining. Woohoo! goals from Gabriel Landeskog, Tyson Berry, and on the power play, Blake Como, who otherwise had a real awful night. Um, that was Eric Johnson's goal. Yeah, he he passed it off of Como's stick it, into the net. Yeah, um, that made EJ made that happen. Yeah. Calvin Pickard got the start in this one. Made twenty six out of twenty eight saves. Got the job done. Did well enough. That game was really. For some reason, at the Edmonton building, gave a second star to Zach Cassian for his one shot, seven hits, and one assist. I did not see that. Great. Hometown, hometown boy. It's. I guess they need something to smile about this year, whatever. Well, he had a good penalty that led to an avalanche goal. Therefore, it deserved a star, right? Yeah, hey. <laughs> there you go. The avalanche, the avalanche is helping Edmonton bring on Matthews. So a sarcastic star. Sorry. He was oh, like Ray Emery. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that happened. I didn't. Um. So... Landeskog scored. This was his first game back from suspension, and he looked like he was hungry to get back out there and make something happen. He yeah, looked like a good captain. His goal's worth talking about alone. Uh, that was one of the finest hockey plays I've seen all year out of anybody. Entire That's the kind of goal we need from him. Yeah. Yes. Has he must not have been able to sleep after that that night. <laughs> I mean, he had to have been up all evening watching that one. I mean, you look at what Landeskog... Like, uh, there's rumblings out there. Like, people are like, oh, Landis Gog hasn't been on fire. He's been inconsistent since his, essentially his rookie year. And that's the Landis Gog that we need as this team. Is That's who they, that's the captain, that's the player that has to show up. Especially when your top goal scorer and Nathan McKinnon are hurt. And while this game was relatively boring and, un, like, there, yeah, there are three goals, yeah. But it was a defensive game, I think, that Avs needed to win. They relied on their defense a lot, this one. And more importantly, Landeskog brought a physicality that wasn't going to get him in trouble. Uh, right. As in he didn't lift his stick to a guy's face and hit him. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, he he was really... took Griffin Reinhardt and just plastered him into the ice in the cleanest possible way right yeah. before that goal. And he, Sean Mathias right there to that. scoop up the loose puck. <clears throat> Whips it around to Carl Soderberg, who finds Landeskog, who's now in front of the net. Boop, boop. Honkage. You know, uh, something I've been kind of... I need to put this out there. I'm eating crow on this one. I hated the Soderberg signing, and I'm eating it. It's been phenomenal this year. That's his 35th oh, assist. Yeah. Wait, you can do that right now if you'd like. It's... <laughs> Yeah, I'm eating. I'm apologizing to you, Carl Soderberg. You and your one eye have been fantastic. Is a crow a sandwich? <laughs> it is if you put it on bread. So, don't get we, me started on bad food opinions. We've spent all yeah, pizza man. We've we've spent all <laughs> kinds of time uh, on on this show talking about how well Carl Soderberg has fit in after the first few weeks of the season. It took him a little while to adjust to get used to the Colorado to, to the Colorado, I guess. And, and uh, crappy line mates he had at the beginning. That too. Um, he was carrying around Rendelitz and brand new Miko Ranton. And yeah, right. Speaking yeah. of which, welcome back to the team. Miko Ranton. Uh, it's one of those things I think we noticed 
this and uh, Earl have more insight here is San Antonio is playing Miko at center for lack of centers. And that kind of benefited this team. That's, that's not why they did it though. The abs actually asked Dean to put him at center, probably for this very moment, this eventuality, <clears throat> which is interesting. Cause we all look at him and go wing. He's a wing. Yeah. And then it's like, well, learning center is not so bad. But he's not really because before he went, I mean, he, he joined the Finnish men's league when he was 16. Before that, he was a center coming up for, you know, all, all his, I, don't know, I guess you'd call it midgets or whatever they call it in Europe. But even in the men's league, he played 25 games at center last year in the men's league. And he's played 15 out of 44 at center uh, with the Rampage. Yeah. So. I have seen the statistic where his scoring goes down quite a bit, almost by half. <laughs> with the rampage this year playing center it's not yeah it's not sample size but but he still put up points yeah i mean he, it goes from a point and a quarter down to three quarters of a point right but the team was in just a horrendous slump there true so could be correlation yeah i mean <clears throat> I, I mean some of that is obviously being at center and learning the position but some of it is putting guys on his wings who maybe aren't as helpful as they need to be yeah, I mean, the one thing I noticed last night, and I haven't been able to watch him at the AHL level like you have, is when he's playing center, I, I think he's more tentative on his forecheck. I think that's taking away one of his better strengths is being able to make those plays behind their goal. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of having to watch for the back check now, and you could tell he's being very, very careful last night. And, you know, he did a pretty good job for the most part. He didn't make any major mistakes, in my opinion. Except well, for the one goal he let in, but... yeah. Um, if, if we're hoping to get him away from struggling with bad wingers, then I'm, I'm glad we've done that by putting him out for less than eight minutes with Cody McLeod and Jack Skilly. And if that continues, then let's all get angry. But it was one game. Right. His first game back in the NHL. Well, I'll give a counterpoint to that. Um, it, it, he was called up because he is the, you know, on the depth chart, he's the fourth center right now. In the organization, they needed a center. That's why they called him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they needed a wing, they could have called up Everberg, and the the whole ELC thing wouldn't wouldn't be coming into play right now. But I mean, they weren't going to call up Hishin. Hishin's injured now anyway, and and Sam Henley is is the one behind that. So I mean, their options were very limited, and a lot of people are saying. Well, you could just play Cody on fourth line center or something like that. And it just, you know, if you're Patrick no. Watt, does it appeal to you? No, you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, you God, please, no. Yeah, you can't have a Cody McLeod centering Jack Skilly and, and Martinson on the fourth line. Might as well bring back Leash. But you can't do that because you prevented <laughs> that possibility by sending him to freaking Brooklyn. <laughs> no, he's not. Isn't he at Bridgeport now or I don't even know who Brooklyn's affiliate is. Heard anyway, he hasn't played a game for him. Uh, I don't know who they're who the Islanders are affiliated with. It's, it might be the Sound Tigers. It is Bridgeport. That's what I thought. The AHL affiliates changed so much. Yeah, who knows? They own the Sound Tigers, especially given how oh. many changed from all over the place to only in California this summer. So. Well, let's not go down that rat hole. Let's not. Maybe no. later, but let's not for now. Um, that's off-season talk. Yeah. So okay, AJ. <laughs> so I hate goalies 
Covering pucks. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I had to be AJ. Sorry. Yeah, that's me too. Though I hate AJ. The way he's covering pucks. <laughs> when finally does is like why? You like Spencer Martin? He got an assist on a shorthanded goal last night. Nice. nice. I love goalie points. <laughs> Uh, I saw a fun stat. Uh, there's like a handful of goalies in the NHL that have more points than uh, Jordan Tutu right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes me happy inside. What a what a player. I don't mean to be a downer, but they have more points than Miko too. True. So how long... But he's a rookie. How long do we think Rantanen stays on the fourth line? How long is Duchesne out? How long is Duchesne out is probably the answer to that question, unfortunately. Right. I'm not sure we get him back this week, do we? We we may get him back. Saturday. I think he's going to come back Saturday. I don't know if he'll be back Saturday, but I agree. I mean, the rumor was seven to ten days. Saturday would be eight days. So Patrick said day to day, so that cancels (laughs) that out. So it means nothing. One thing I'm looking at, all right, both these guys, Mac and Dutch, both hurt their knees, and they're still with the team. They're not having surgery somewhere. They weren't flown immediately back to Denver to be examined. Um, I thought uh, Mac was because of the swelling. They couldn't figure it out, so they had to go send it back. Whatever it is, I mean, mean, if if a guy's truly and totally hurt, he's not going to be you know, cruising around with the team in Western Canada, he's going to go back to Denver and, you know, have it looked at and, you know, treated. If, if they're still with the team, it, it's got to be that the training staff feels that whatever it is, it's not going to be a big deal. It's just, you know, they need to rest it and maybe some treatment when they get back to Denver is going to get it back ready to go. Yeah. They, they didn't send them straight might home. be that it's, there's nothing they can do about it anyway. And, they're just making him feel good by bringing him along. I don't know, but well, especially in Duchesne's case, he was playing on that knee, you yeah. know, at the end of that game. You know, he played another shift after he hit it too. Mm-hmm. He did. Unfortunately, so, he didn't play anymore after that. But, right. You know, Duchesne finished out that game as far as I could tell. Yeah, as much he did. As they needed him, so I, hopefully that's precautionary, and they realize the level of their competition the next couple of games and you know gave him the rest while he needed it hopefully get him back from minnesota yeah i mean i that seems a lot more likely than these guys have terrible injuries and they're just flying around and walking around with the team staying in hotel rooms when they could be at home rehabbing right um it's also worth mentioning that colorado rolled with 11 forwards and 7d against calgary Um, which ended up being 11 forwards and 60 because Eric Jelenas also went down with an injury. That was horrifying. I didn't see that one. I I didn't watch the injuries. I wasn't watching that game. I tried not to, but elbow is just, uh, that's just grisly. What basically happened is he's kind of at like a sharpish angle to the boards and some flame comes up behind him to play the guy with the puck like one does. And Jelenas' arm is just not in a good spot to he absorb that away hit. from it a little bit, and the arm took the full brunt of the hit. And he kind of was holding that arm all the way back to the bench, and we're just like, "Oh boy." Yeah. Yep. And that looks like broken arm type, the hit right there. Unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's something he's coming back from anytime soon. I would be surprised. That looked major. Season. 
<laughs> so that means we're seeing with with Chris Begross still concussed. That means we're still seeing Bodnar Chuck, even if it is for five minutes and forty five seconds of ice timing as Edmonton. Right. Which was as he slowly drifted away from the first goal. No, that was Begros was in that game against Edmonton. Yeah. What? Two games. What? Yeah, and Calgary. How did I not notice? <laughs> that might say something about Beagle more than you. He played a lot in Calgary. He played very he well, did. really well, actually. I saw that he played a lot. He didn't. I didn't get last night, but he he played a lot in Calgary. He had an he assist in Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, he's been from he what crashed. I've been hearing and reading is he's been. Well, has been basically giving him increased responsibility. Well, plus that sounds familiar. When those pairings, you know, after Jelena went out in that game, and he was getting time with Johnson, he was getting time with Barry. I mean, he was out there with everybody. He only played ten twenty-seven against Edmonton, though. Yeah, yeah. If he's he playing ten coach. minutes, and the coaching staff are trying to increase his responsibility, and I have not noticed that he's out there, that's probably fine. As a defenseman, yeah, I think uh, it's you see uh, a good defenseman isn't often really notice for highlight plays i think i think, I think was trust level with with um chucky is is pretty low so 545 would, would would agree with you yeah he played less than six minutes so if your partner's getting zilch for minutes you're you're limited to getting shifts with the other partner so right yeah which i i will this that's the one thing no matter what about the abs this year one of the biggest question marks me on like why is the chucky clean yeah, we we've been over that for probably an hour at this point on this show. So I will oh, I will I think flip that on its head to when do we see Sador off again? Next year. October. I don't know. I mean, I can make a good case for bringing him up, but I can, you know, <clears throat> the problem is 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 they're never going to put Bigra and and Big Z out there together. No. So if if they do bring him up, they've got to do it in such a way that they you know, play wheel of defensemen with all the pairs. Mm-hmm. They keep they throw three guys out on a line with EJ every night just to find out. Yeah, I mean, I you know I would like to see something like Bigro with EJ, um, Z with Bosch, and then keep Barry and Holden together, and then you know probably extra shifts and plenty of them for Bosch and EJ. Um, that's the way you'd have to do it. I don't know if they're willing to do that at this point, but I, you know if you're gonna kill. Boschman with minutes, especially penalty, penalty kill minutes. Five minutes, 54 seconds against the Oilers on the penalty kill. He yeah. is not Ryan Suter at this point. He can have those no. minutes right now. 26-17 overall. If you look at the Calgary game, I think he only played about 20 minutes that night. And by far, I think that was his best game of the road trip. Yeah. I don't think that's any coincidence. Well, it's, um, the, uh, the box score says 27-42, but this was an overtime game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what am I looking at? Um, I'm thinking Vancouver, actually. I mean, Vancouver, it, he had no penalty kill minutes because he took the only penalty. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was tired of it. He's like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus you kind of notice he's getting the power play minutes again now that Jelena's out. Right, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Van- Vancouver, he was 20 minutes, 52. That's what um, I think. Yeah, but he, he was back to normal in Calgary, plus some because of overtime. And you have to play Boschman in overtime because you're just out of bodies at that point. Yeah. You, you, you don't have Duchesne, McKinnon, or Landeskog 
on a team whose three-on-three overtime is fearsome because of Tyson Berry and those three guys. Yep, it looked very different. I was happy they got to the shootout against some of the forwards that Calgary can throw at you. Um, and they had a power play, too, and that helped. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. That, that, was, that, that killed two minutes of our overtime. Parento has 18 goals this season. How? Don't Sorry. Uh, Leafs. I've got the Leafs tab open right now. I'm like, how? Well, why? Uh, curiosity. They're playing the Flames, and it's just kind of, it's, they're playing the Flames, so it's just kind of interesting to see who they're. Toronto's interesting to me because they know they're rebuilding, so it's seeing who's getting the minutes just to see who's going to stay and who might be available at the end of the year. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun time to watch the team as a Leafs fan because they're losing because they're learning the NHL game together, but that's fine so be because terrible. they want to be losing a little bit, um, but they wouldn't. But winning at this point isn't going to hurt their tank chances that no. badly. And it's good experience for the Nylanders, the Kapanens, the Soshnikovs. The Bernays. The fucking Bernays. <laughs> the Hymans. They've, they've been playing Garrett Sparks. Yeah, Bernays in net right now. Is he? Yeah. So, if, if the Avalanche aren't in this playoff race, I think the odds of seeing Zadorov would be much higher. Yeah, uh, learning. They would, I think. But those minutes are crucial. And you see this with a lot of teams. Is young guys sit when it's crucial. They go, they re, those experienced guys are their crutch. It's, they don't want to make those risks. And AJ brought it up on this very podcast uh, last week, I believe, that, or maybe it was last night, whatever. The Avs aren't really that far behind Nashville. <laughs> It'd it take a good stretch, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I knew there was something I forgot to pull up, and that's what it was, standings. Yep, uh, they're five points behind Nashville, and they play them two more times before the end of the season. So. And if I, haven't we beat Nashville? Don't we own the series right now against them? Yeah, we're good against pretty much everyone in the division. So, I mean, we own tiebreaker on them. So, I mean... It's, I think, uh, as much as I'd like to be like, yeah, we've got a playoff spot, we can sit back and cruise control, we're, we should be seeing some pretty exciting uh, pucker up hockey. Yep, it's not just a two-team race. I mean, uh, you got something to punch up at, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, we've got three teams fighting to play Dallas or Anaheim. Right. Which L.A. Oh, right. LA, yeah. Not Anaheim, yeah. It still could That's be Anaheim. I, I would want to be where Nashville is right now because they've got the Kings. And if we end up getting the Stars as the second wild card, I mean, that's, you know, I know Dallas is, is a fantastic team and everything, and Jim Nill is, is GM of the century. But... Oh, that would be a fun series regardless. That, that would be a blast for everyone who's not a, a fan of either team. Yeah. It, honestly, it would be a blast. It'd be like uh, the Wild Avalanche series a couple of years ago for non. Fans of not those teams, that was a fun series. Fans of those teams, it was way too freaking stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, I it, right. <laughs> it, it doesn't help that Colorado and Minnesota have what Jibbles calls the worst rivalry in hockey. <laughs> it's true, though. 
Because it's the rival, it's rivalry only Colorado and Minnesota cares about. Nobody else gives a shit. Even their fans pretend to not give a shit. Right. Like, um, oh, this is a rivalry. And so now they're engaged in probably the worst playoff race in a while, too. With both teams dropping two points at a, po- at a time to opponents like Vancouver and New Jersey and Montreal. Yeah. But Minnesota have won games recently. Um, they they beat Carolina on Saturday, and then they turned around, went on the road the next day, and beat Chicago. Yeah, thanks it, a lot, just, Blackhawks jerks. Thanks for mailing it in. That's an interesting stat. Avs have uh, they're undefeated in the shootout. Four games up. Just Barley thinks. Yeah. Right. But I'm, as I'm looking at the schedule, I'm seeing that Minnesota lost to Edmonton this month. They sure did. They lost in overtime to Ottawa. They lost to the Devils. They gave up seven to the Devils. Seven to three. We. Meanwhile, this, Colorado lost to Winnipeg. <laughs> saw that coming, though. Yeah. We, we all did. Everyone. That, that's always a tough game for the Avs. It is. It's their kryptonite. There's, I mean, the ser- as far as I know, this ser- I think the series between them is relatively pretty even, but you could always expect it to go bad for the Avs. Yeah, they get in the Avs' head. I mean, they're very physical after the putt or the whistle. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just a which whistle was or the refs? <laughs> Both. Both of them. Both. And, and and then they whine and cry when the whistle doesn't blow, Bufflin. That was a Shut up, Bufflin, you big baby. It's well. It's interesting because I expected. I'm. You look at the Oilers and you're like, oh my god, we're facing Brassois, the third stringer goalie, or whatever. Like, ah, crap. This is not. This is has everything the Avs should lose because this is what we're, we know them for. And they took the series against Edmonton. They did. They swept it. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Like a, a year or two ago, I would have Edmonton would have beat them. But then you look at Edmonton this year and how bad they are, and then. I question why Minnesota lost to them. Well, Edmonton have 65 points. They're bad. But they still have the the ability to throw up five or six goals at a time if they get if that just so happens to happen. If McDavid assists on all five of them. If McDavid assists on all five of them. And and don't forget if they're facing Devin Dubnik. That's true. Who has has this really fun pattern where he's really good, and then next year he's really not. <laughs> it's the Devin Dubnik we know, though. It's We've seen it in Edmonton. It's we, He had flashes of being really good, and just a goalie coach helped him a lot. A good goalie coach helped him a lot. And, uh, a good but still, that too. yeah, a better defense. <laughs> I mean, defense, period. <laughs> yeah. Any defense for sure. I still don't think he'd win behind Chicago's defense, but yeah. it, I don't think Dubnik's that great. But he's not bad, or more often than not. I mean, he can be. I mean, the year that he got traded to Na- Nashville, oh, and- Montreal, Arizona, te- he bounced around. 
he ended up with the Hamilton Bulldogs. He was terrible. The Monsters played him once, and he was just garbage. Mm-hmm. It's. I think he got inside his own head, and. In, I mean, I hate to see any athlete not named Matt Cook like really fail, and just get inside their own head and end things where when they have a lot left to give. So good for Dubnik that he picked it up, but I still want to see him lose. Right now we do, yeah. Yeah. The whole team, not just him. I mean, I, if Minnesota, I'd love to see him get blown out, you know, him lose it for, I'd love to see him lose it. And I'd send him a thing of cupcakes saying, Hey, be better next year. Right. I'd also love to see Zach Parise missing more empty nets. <laughs> Zach Parise doing anything bad as well. That, that was the chokiest joke. That, and I mean, how many times do you think about killing a coach for that one? Right. I mean, I'd, I'd be watching out if I was the coach right now. Is his name Torchetti, right? <laughs> You're All cliche. Next. All cliche is Parise glares at him with a torch. He's like, I'm going to torch the Torchetti. Do we, how many photoshops are there by now of, of Parise just like holding a butane torch? <laughs> there has to be at least two, right? Uh, doesn't Jibbles do them all? <laughs> oh, oh, I, I well... Technically, I guess his are—I don't know if Photoshop is the word. <laughs> Paint, <laughs> clip art. <laughs> they have a little bit of a, uh, you know, a cut and paste kind of style. They have a certain simple charm. <laughs> I'm trying not to flame the dude here. I like Jibbles. The coach killer meme made me laugh. It it brings joy to my life. Uh, and of course, Anthrax Jones picks up with it and runs with it. Oh yeah, I think it's going to build up a lot this week. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, you know, it's going to be funny. The end of this week, we're going to see Ash fans either ready to jump off a bridge or throw a parade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still, <laughs> this Fire. fan base. I, I, there's a few of us who are like, and I'm not one of these few uh, who maintain calm. It's. We're very uh, fickle, and it's we just don't know how to find that calm center. No, there's nothing uh, calming about the team. <laughs> no, we lost our like, yoga master. <laughs> well, it's tough. I mean, there's just there, there's so much to get hyped about. I mean, you know, Max gone for the season. Deshane's gone for the season. Miko should be on the first line. You know, I mean, there's just, there's so many things to be upset about. I mean, at least EJ's playing like we know EJ can play. Right. Yep. The Small other reason is that this episode is brought to you by the number six because he has been back to normal. I thought it was their he... goal differential. <laughs> <laughs> Which is minus six. <laughs> Looky there. <laughs> I was looking at that. Go, that's kind of brutal. I thought it was their uh, number of wins in the last ten games, which is also six. Numerology, man. Oh, so six. many reasons for all of this. <laughs> Illuminati. 23. You know, EJ's playing really well, though. I mean, it, we have to sit here and mention that. The last couple of games, he's been outstanding. He's, he's been, been what you want. I mean, the best way you make up for the absence of Duchesne and McKinnon is through great play from him. Uh, even Barry, at, who's not nearly as consistent, but his top-end game helps mitigate the losses of those two players. Yeah, and something we've seen from Barry 
uh, this year that I've been pretty glad about is it's like he's not a tire fire defensively more often than not anymore. He's been learning the defensive game and he's made some pretty damn good plays. Definitely. And it's one of those things you want to see him grow. It's like, pay the man. Of course, Eric Johnson with five fewer games is now only two goals behind Tyson Barry with 11. Barry has 13. Nice. So well done there. I believe. Um, I noticed the other night, one more. New career high. Yeah, he's he could the, be a 20 goal scorer in this league. It'd be fun to see in the next couple of years if they can sign him. Yeah. Or 20 goals for a defenseman in 2016 or 17 or 18. Yeah. His, his name is not Eric Carlson. Brent Burns yeah. or, or Shea Weber. It's certainly not Drew Doughty. Go ahead. <laughs> that is one thing that I would like to go ahead and say. We're not going to continue that bit. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> I've heard what? enough about Drew Doughty this week to drown. <laughs> you mean how Drew Doughty is generational and elite? Things like that, yes. Yeah, I, I Those make me eye roll because, yeah. Because it's not true. That's not true at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of curious where Tyson Berry still stands in the points race among defensemen, and he is ninth, 47. Not the, bad. the names ahead of him are Giordano, Ekman Larson, Yossi, Subban, Klingberg, Latang, Burns, and Carlson. Not, not bad company. Not at He's all. 24 years old. You know? <laughs> and Klingberg's been injured. Yeah, he has. He has as many goals as Eric Carlson. There he does? Yeah. But but he has, and this is where his scrub shows, he has 26 fewer assists. Oh, gee. Just 26? Eric Carlson has 60 assists. Unreal. The next closest is P.K. Subban, who has 45. (laughs) Good lord. Who's the next closest generation? the, The Senators. The next closest player on the Senators. That's a trickier question for me. I mean, the fun part is you look at Eric Carlson, and he leads the league in assists by seven over Patrick Kane and Kuznetsov. Right. And Thornton. Joe Thornton's having a fucking good year. Is that a couple? <laughs> uh, for a man of his uh, age, right. I didn't think he... He's essentially hitting another peak year. Yeah, but he chokes in the playoffs, so... Oh, that's so overrated. (laughs) (laughs) So Eric Carlson leads the Ottawa Senators with 73 points in 73 games. Number two is Mark Stone with 59 in 71 games. How many assists does he have? He has 60 assists to the next closest, which is Mark Stone's 37. And there's literally no other reason to care about the Ottawa Senators other than that guy right there. It's a big gap. I don't think Craig Anderson has any assists. I know how to find out. (laughs) Oh, he does. He has two. Yeah. Really? I was looking up that... uh, I went down that rabbit hole a couple weeks ago of uh, most points by goaltenders. It's pretty interesting. Very important statistic. I enjoy it, damn it. (laughs) I love goalie assists. I do too. They're my favorite. What I really like are goalie ongles when they go into the goalie shorts. Spencer Martin now Bug has holes. two goalie assists and two shutouts in 13 <sighs> starts in the AHL. So tell me how he looks. 
like a man. He can be fantastic or he can be just garbage. You know, pretty much exactly what you would expect from a 20-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> but one of two things. The yeah. aggression behind garbage has cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he got pulled in two starts in a row, giving up like three goals on six shots kind of thing. Oh, Robin Will territory. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, when he's on, he he lost a game where he made 50 saves. I mean, you wow. know. Wow. Yeah, he had, he saved 50 out of 54. Good. So he, he pulled a Calvin Pickard. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> He's very much like Pickard in the fact that he comes from a team that wasn't so great in junior and had to make a lot of saves. And, you know, is is finding his way into the AHL with a team that's maybe not the best defensively. Um, but he's he's promising. I, re- I really like watching him play because he's, he's very competitive. He's, he's like Pickard in that way that he's just a battler. So I, I think... I think Wah and Alaire and the staff are, are really high on this guy just because <clears throat> um, he's got some skills. He's huge. He's like 6'4". He's, he's about Barris size, not as wide. But, um, you know, he, he, he could be fun to be looking at in a couple of years is, is coming up through the ranks. I'd be interested to uh, listen to what goalie scouts have to say about, about Spencer Martin. Because yeah. he, he does seem to show a lot of promise a lot of the time. And goalies aren't something that most of us know much about. It was hilarious. I was looking at his ECHL stats, and this was back in, I think, December. And he was alternating uh, starts where he would save like 36 out of 37 with starts where he would save 24 out of 29. You know, it, it went good, bad, good, bad, good, bad for 10 straight games. And in the good ones, he was just absolutely unbeatable. And the bad ones, you know, it was a horror show. Right. So, you know, he's just, he's a young, inconsistent goalie. But if he gets it all together, he's going to be pretty good. Plus, uh, organizationally, I think, uh, you know, the, the team's getting a reputation right now for developing goalies or making careers. I mean, Calvin Pickard's proving Patrick walk and develop people be between the bars. I mean, that's yeah. And as much as none of us truly want to admit it, cause he has had rough games. Statistically bears has not been terrible. Not at all. And it's, you go, <clears throat> I mean, you look at it and go, well, maybe there is a method to the madness here. And as avalanche fans, we bitched about not being able to develop defensemen or goaltenders for how long? decade <laughs> yeah. I, I think i mean what what bear looks like now compared to what he looks looked like when we acquired him you know it, it's right. a massive difference he's and it's not like he's, he was young when we got him either no, no. i mean he just can't he's play soccer for shit goalie in the organization. <laughs> um but but what he you know what what he can look like now um, is very good. He's injured right now. Actually, he hurt. He he didn't re hurt his ankle the other day, but it's a it's a lower body injury. He's out for a little while. That's why Martin's up. But um, you know that that's something that's a little worrisome is the fact that he he does tend to get injured. But you know I, I like having him in the org. I think he'd be great to be the starter in San Antonio next year and have Martin back up. 
um, because he's solid. It, it seems like most of the teams in the Pacific Division of the AHL have NHL goalies like Budai or Kadobin. Um, Budai's been really good in the AHL this year. He's been incredibly good, actually. Yeah. Um, well, but, it's easy to see why. It'd be like when Martin Gerber spent time in the AHL. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, but but that's a great asset to have for your team. It is, you know, let's say Varley and, and Pickard, like we, we were thinking, are going to be the, the two guys up with the Avs next year. Having a guy like Barra down in, in San Antonio, if one of them gets hurt to come up, I mean, that's, you know, you're not just tossing games away if you have to play them. Right. Is that too expensive an insurance plan, you think? I think the way his contract is set up now, it's not optimum. Um, like what the Kings did with Budai, they just re-signed him, I, I think, for a year. It might have even been two, but they gave him a huge AHL salary and not a huge NHL salary right. in order to you know keep him around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think um, if he can, you know, it, it doesn't even have to be Yogi, but someone like that right. organization as your third goalie that can come up and, and win you NHL games, but... Can starter and bring along a young guy. Because um, I think Buda is something like, I want to say he's like 750 in the NHL, and, and but but 300 down in the AHL, which I think is max. Yeah, yeah. It's a valuable asset to have, and so it's definitely something you might want to think about paying for. Do you, you don't yeah. want to pay a couple million for it, but... Right. Uh, Bear's know, making, what, 550 down in the AHL? Yeah, what's his, what's his cap hit is my concern with it. Right. That's yeah, where his cap hit would be 550 if he's down in the AHL. What if, okay. That's not yeah, as good as zero. No, or I mean, we haven't discussed, uh, you know, salary caps in a bunch of years with the Avalanche here, but next year it starts to become relevant. You have to yeah. pay McKinnon and Barry. And, and uh, then you got Bodker coming up. Maybe. Maybe. More, more yes. like Matthias. I I think Bodker has gone from maybe to like we really need to find a way. Um, I, that scares the crap out of me. He fits so well. I know. And a small crazy. sample size and all. Like I mean, keeping that in check. But you look at him and go, "Holy crap!" He it, that chemistry. He clicks. But he's still in the post trade bump. I know, and that's uh, that's why I, I, it scares me so badly. Like, is that who he's going to be with this team? As long as he's not another Peter Mueller. Yeah, I mean, he's the skating thing is fantastic. And and I'm going to write an article about this at the end of the season. But I I think what the Avs are looking at as far as prospects or people they want to acquire at any age is skating first. Right. And then the other stuff is what adds to that. And and I think that's just something that that Waugh really likes. And he he likes having the ability to put someone out there that's just an incredible skater. But Bucky really seems to be enjoying himself with the Avalanche. Yes. Yes, he does. And it's not, you know, I'm sure he just, you know, he loved being with Mac, obviously. But uh, it just seems the way that the staff is treating him and stuff like that. He just seems so happy to be... Uh, with a team that's got a great atmosphere in the locker room, but that he's sort of stretching his limits at the same time as far as what he can do on the ice. Plus, he's only cost prohibitive like next season. You know, once a Ginless salary goes away, I mean, he spots in there really, really well at that price point. 
I need to rectify a stat I gave you. Uh-oh. It wasn't Jordan 2-2. It was Tomo Rutu that has fewer points in a few oh, points. <laughs> that's way less interesting. Boo. <laughs> well, considering Jordan 2-2 actually has nine points and Rutu has none. I know. Oh, well, what's more interesting is that Patrick Law has 45 points in his fourth all-time for goalie points. <laughs> <laughs> Only fourth? But he's upset about that. Well, let's see. Up above him by one point is Grant Fuhr. Up above Fuhr is Broder with 47, and then Barrasso with 48. So, um, that, not that that's not interesting, which it is, but I heard that the Rampage did a good thing this week. They, they did. They won their first game in 39 days last night. Holy well, shit. First, first regulation win in 39 days. No, 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 no. no don't, you're making this don't a negative. Don't ruin this. You're yeah. making this a negative... You're tur- turning this from 2-2 two, two to Rutu. Yes, that's what you're doing. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they beat the Monsters in, in a shootout, but um, they... <clears throat> Grand Fear, huh? It was really weird. They're playing the Griffins, Grand Rapids Griffins, which they played a ton as the Monsters. Um, but the, the Griffins were on a 13-game win streak... The Rampage were on an eight-game losing streak. They had just lost Miko. <laughs> they lost Joey Hishin partway through the game. But they played one of their best games that I can remember in the past few months. Um, their forecheck was fantastic. Uh, they controlled play in, in ways that I just I, you just haven't seen in months. I mean, it's just... I, I, it wasn't even like looking at the same team. <laughs> Who stood uh, out in that game? Yeah, and they, I don't want to know what you're giggling at. I'm, I'm sorry, Nazem Kadri got called for embellishment, and Leafs Twitter is melting down. Oh, that's fun. There we go. As if Kadri's never embellished a penalty before. But this was a team that really needed a win. Um, they've been playing well against good teams lately, and it finally. They paid off, and they play the Griffins again tomorrow. And, and the Griffins got their goalie back from the wings today, so it, it you know might not happen again. But um, who looked good last night? Anybody uh, prospect worthy? <coughs> um, one guy I'd like to mention is Sam Henley, who has been, you know, Sam is a very big guy who doesn't skate very fast. He's a decent skater, but doesn't skate very fast. He's been stuck with guys like Bortolo and Maggio for most of the season on the fourth line. And just now, Dean is starting to put him up as a wing on some of the higher lines, either the second or the third. And he's starting to score, which he did a lot as in his final year in juniors with Valdor. And he scored the first goal a couple minutes into the game on an assist from Spencer Martin. Um but he's I, – I, I look at him. He's one of the few guys that signed for next year. But he and, and Troy Burke are uh, two of the returning forwards next year that we can count on. And I, you know, I, I think they're, they're going to be in the, the last year of their ELCs, and I think they're going to step forward and, and start you know, making their way into being better prospects than they've shown over the past couple of years because they've been just buried in the bottom lines. You know, Burke Burke scored a ton in juniors, and he's just been buried as 
you know, a penalty killer, third, fourth line, healthy scratch type guy for the past couple of years. But he's one of the few guys with the speed down there. And I think if they start using Sam Henley offensively, um, I think he could turn into a really good fourth liner for the Avs because he's extremely good at killing penalties and extremely good positionally and defensively. But he's very good around the front of the net. I mean, he's sort of a, a poor man's Matthias, maybe. Hmm. So, Matthias that's incre- being a poor man's Winnick, of course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> James know. Myrtle disagrees that Kadri embellished, so you know he embellished. I I like I like Matthias better than Winnick. Really? But it's just oh, a bias. And I like Matthias. I I really like Matthias too. I I like them both. Is so I, much better than Winnick's ever was. I don't. Winnick. Matthias has some finish, whereas Winnick never. Yeah. Winnick has no finish. And t- unless it was like the first five games of the season, <laughs> scored the first goal for your team. And but then he didn't score again for twenty games. The thing is, you look at Matthias. He's gigantic, and he can mm-hmm. skate. He is Patrick's wet dream. Yeah, he's Waz's wet dream as far as he's got size, he's got speed, and he uses his body. My favorite part was last night was that pass to Soderberg that got passed to Waniscog for that goal. Yeah. I mean, that pass from the boards is just perfect for what this offense needs. Yeah. Uh, sorry to jump way back, but when we were talking about that goal earlier, did we talk about how well that line has been working together? How, w- how well we actually have a line cycling the puck right now? It's amazing. But a couple lines were too, but those guys were fantastic at it. They were really good. Like, it's, it's the point where, okay, yes, Edmonton's bad. You're going to get some good shifts, but it looked like maybe they might be also be kind of good at it. I mean, it was. They might have some skill at this hockey thing. I mean, I hate to disparage Edmonton like this, but that was kind of like a practice game. Yeah. Um, You know, all the things that they should be doing against every team, they kind of got going full bore last night. And if they can do that, you know, all right, Philly's a step up. You take that and you go with it. All right, Minnesota's a step up from that. You know, if, if they can continue that progression of being able to cycle, keep possession, uh, control play, you know, that's – it's scary. If, if this team ever gets good possession numbers, holy crap. Yeah, and uh, possession numbers-wise, since the trade deadline, they're averaging four shots differential a game better than they were beforehand. You know, it's not a great big sample, but – Already, we're seeing some results with better players. You know, look at Bonker's numbers possession-wise. Quite good. Them individually. Yeah, I was looking at his numbers on Warren Ice today. I mean, he's um, he's the best on the ABS since March first, and I think he's at fifty-two percent, maybe fifty-two and a little bit. Yep. So, and that's why you got to look at him. I mean, you seriously have to think about tendering him a contract. I would totally be down with tendering Matthias' contract. I think it's as long as it's you know, I one one year maybe two. You know. Oh really? Two um, years. Yeah, lengthen out the cap hit. I guess. Yeah. Like the, spread the, it out. Yeah, the the length is the main deal think, there because you don't want to give somebody who's not going to be a top producer for your team a whole lot of term. Cody McLeod. Well, and here's the benefit of giving him a two-year deal. He's not a pending UFA, so at a trade deadline, he has some value. If, yeah, that too. It, it's, I mean, look at what the Leafs have been doing. 
turning over their UFAs as best they can. But you look at contracts like that, give them a little bit, a little bit of term. Teams love one-year deals where a player has one year left. They love it. We picked one up with Eric Jelena's and with well, he's him being an RFA notwithstanding. But I still we get a we get a free year essentially of seeing if we want him. Mm-hmm. It's we get more than the small post trade deadline sample size. And go get your fourth round draft picks back and go spend them again if you need to. Uh, yeah, you gave up nothing. Wait, you gave him what a third? Not even this year, next year for him. That's. I wasn't a fan of the trade, but I'm not mad at the value. You gave up literally nothing. Yep. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I value first, second, and thirds a lot more than anything else. I think fourths are borderline, and fifths on back are they're thirds. I third are tickets. I, you're kind of overrating fourths, in my opinion. It, well, and That's who are you going to draft? Before you get drafted with a third, it, Eric Jelena. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth is like a lotto ticket most of the time. It can be good, like if used correctly. But I think a third is something you can get back, especially if it's two years in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's I mean, you look. The Avs have been frustrating to watch, but watching their management this year has been pretty interesting to see just the drastic difference in how they handle things. There's still well, no GM Jesus, but they've no. made vast yeah. improvements. Yeah. These are not the same moves they were making in their first year. No, and, there's uh, no Brad Stewart deal. Well, to take this a little bit further, you know, the rumor that Joe Sackick doesn't see himself as GM long term is—is McFarland that guy, or you know, it, 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 do you think McFarland is the guy that's really pulling the strings here? Or did know? anybody see Sack? Like real talk here, did anybody see Sackick as GM long term? I didn't. I see him as stepping into president of hockey ops, or along with Patty. Right. You turn into John Elway rather. Yeah. Than, yeah. Trevor Linden. Right. Yeah. It's you get your front office position and you have a bit of a say, but you're not one, the one taking all the heat for the general management moves. Right. And Earl, I, I think you're right. I mean, a lot of these moves have Big Farland all over them. These just aren't amateur moves like the first year was. Yeah. No, where they were desperation moves. Oh, we need a veteran defender that has cup experience. Three year deals. Yes. Honestly, well, just, well, well, I know we've beaten this to death, but I think the the Stewart contract extension was conditional on the trade. I, I think he wouldn't have waived if the Abs weren't going to extend him. Which I mean, that is stupid too. But sure, I, I, I think <clears throat> I, I I don't think that they got him and said, golly, this guy is awesome. Let's extend him. I think they just had to do that. And it, it was a dumb move from day one. You know, and the idea is right, it, but they wanted Francois Beauchamp and they didn't want Brad Stewart, you know? Yeah. And I think the new GM has helped them get Beauchamp rather than Brad Stewart. Yep. They've taken a look at what, I, instead of those desperation moves, they've taken a good look and been a little bit more educated. Yeah, you get Bodker instead of P.A. Parento. Yeah, it's – and you don't overpay for Bodker. That's the thing. Was anybody really upset at that trade? I was upset at the idea of the trade, not the specifics of it. Yeah, I'm upset at the draft picks that they gave up on, Thanks. not the trade. Thanks. I, I could see that, but value-wise, they didn't overpay, which – 
No, I mean, I'm just mad at them for not drafting well in the first place. I, I don't, I don't yeah. want to see a habit of trading futures for a borderline guy like Bodker when you're not necessarily going to make the playoffs, when it's still a okay. tight, tight, tight race. But if you're not going to sign those guys and you can get someone like Bodker for them... Oh, yeah, they for, were clearly... For six weeks. Well, they clearly... But, but, but even so, I mean, it, it just... I mean, I... You know, like I said, like I said, I don't hate this. I don't hate the specifics. It's the idea. I it's it goes back into you go well, the the relationship with uh, Bleakley was done. They weren't going to sign Bleakley, and hell, Arizona might not either. But you'd be mad that you drafted Bleakley in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. And you I'll just add, I, I just I just saw this on Twitter before we started. Um, Bleakley came back from his kneecap injury. And promptly had a skate cut his wrist and is out. Whoa! With, oh man! Uh, he had surgery on his wrist. Man, that that dude just can't get something to go right. I know, and it's just—I mean, you know—I feel bad for the guy. I mean, I liked him when we drafted him and all that. But um, what I was talking about earlier about the skating being something very important to the organization—if you look at Bleakley and Wood, skating was a question with both of them, and I think that's part of why they were fine with letting him go. And I think going forward, that's something that, you know, they're really going to look at drafting guys and looking at good skaters first. I mean, it's one thing to take a guy like Wood, who's a bad skater, but has a lot of other great tools and and getting him into the power skating and, and really conditioning him well, just to make him average. They would much rather draft someone who has good skating skills and turn them into an excellent skater. And, the, and the, somebody that they can teach defense. Yeah. Like, boom, there you go. I mean, I think going forward, the, the team is, is really interested in skating size to a point. I mean, you know, I don't think they're going to try to, you know, have 10 Sean Mathiases out there. But size as a factor being, you know, durable, uh, able to perform the job that – you know, that the abs are going to need them to do, you know, wing needs to be able to win battles along the boards, yada, yada, yada. And we've heard puck management a bunch this spring. And Sean Mathias being a puck management forward was one of the things they said that they, you know, they wanted when they got him. And that's something that's teachable, but you have to have coachability in there. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a mental aspect in that, and there's some puck skills. But I think those are the three things that they're really going to be looking for for uh, not only drafts but acquisitions going in the future. You're right. I think every organization has some baseline requirements, and the rest of it they think or know that they can teach. And I think they're developing an organizational philosophy. Yeah. You know, it's not as simple as everybody says. It's not just size, but, you know. It's- Here's something I've been curious about, and I know it's been brought up before, is I see a lot of NHL, well, I don't know, a lot, but I've seen NHL teams doing this, is where they run a system, a complete system throughout from the NHL level to the AHL level. Detroit, Tampa Bay. Yeah, but the Avs don't do that. Yeah, they do. Do they now? Because I don't think they yeah. were at the beginning. I mean, that's something they stated when they took over, is that they wanted to teach the same system at the AHL level. I don't think they've been able to do it as consistently as they like just because of the turnover there, but I, I think actually that's think, something they like to employ. I think they use WAS system in the AHL more 
uh, then benefits them down there. I, I think <clears throat> it's a little incomplete down there, and I think there are things that Dean could do that might make the team play a little bit better, but that don't jibe with, with Patrick's system. Um, because in years past, there, the, the Monsters played quite different from the way that the Avs did. And I, you know, I think they played great for an AHL team with that level of talent. But I think this year, some of the frustrations we've seen with, oh, I don't, you know, some system in some system inconsistencies in the past have made it um, have made it such that the AHL team plays more like the NHL team to the AHL team's detriment. Um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, AHL is, is third line hockey. So if you put in something that's like a full NHL system, it's not going to be great for everybody down there and it, it might hurt your team. A team like the Kings, that's just sort of a smash mouth team. Their affiliate Ontario plays exactly like that. Um, and, and it works in both leagues. I just, I don't think the AV system works that great in the AHL, but they want the guys down there learning it. I don't think it works that great in the NHL overall, but <laughs> <laughs> it worked great against Edmonton. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, because look who Edmonton was playing on defense. <laughs> and and that was if last week, and we are like over the hour mark, and need to talk about next week. Okay. So <laughs> it's gonna suck. So oh, Edmonton's man. gone. No yeah. more Edmonton. Can we play Edmonton three no more, more times? No more place. No more drugstore. No, no that's going to be a beautiful new arena. I hope so. I do too. It's good. I, I've been looking at the architecture of it, and it looks like it could be so phenomenal. I, I hope it works out We're like it should. Big. Because because uh, Daryl Cates has been holding Edmonton hostage for that for a couple of years <laughs> now. So and they caved. <laughs> so they they better get their money's worth out of it, or there's going to be some angry angry people. Well, you know, you've got the tier one fans who pay for tickets and the tier two who don't care as much. Oh, oh, the tiers. Are those bad fans? I think those are bad fans. <laughs> I think those are hashtag bad fans. <laughs> so coming up for the abs next week, we've got three days off that we're in the middle of right now This as the podcast bumps Friday night, Tuesday morning. Um, coming up on Thursday, Philadelphia Flyers come to town. It's a 7 o'clock mountain start on altitude. And then on Saturday, we got a bit of a big one. An afternoon, 1 o'clock matinee, which Colorado always play so, so well. Oh, it's a matinee? <laughs> it's a 1 o'clocker against the stupid Minnesota Wild. Oh, it's going to be great. I hate Me- games. I love day uh, games. They're the best. Meanwhile, for Minnesota, they have the LA Kings at home on Tuesday and the Calgary Flames at home on Thursday before they play Colorado on Saturday. Oh. Uh, I know uh, we're going to have some fans, extra Avalanche fans here against Philly, because uh, Detroit is scoreboard watching that game. CR. That was like the subtlest burn I've ever heard. <sighs> that was well crafted. Thank you. It's, but no, I, I think Philly's going to be a fun game. Uh, it's a team we don't get to see. Very much. They're hungry so. right now too. I mean, uh, they're they three are. points out of the playoff spot. They're still in it. 
Yeah, it's th- two teams who need to win. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of fans could very easily still have the beginning of season in mind and be writing Philadelphia off Don't. As, as a bad team. Much like the Flyers fans could do the exact same thing about your team. So yeah. take them Don't seriously. Write- don't write that ghost as be here, kid. Off. Holy crap, is he good? Yeah, they're uh, seven two and one in their last ten too. Yeah. So ghost, ghost bears yeah, legit, but it's not always all about ghost bear either. N- no, it's not. But you can still. It might be easy to dismiss him if you don't watch him. Yeah, but their goalie just got hurt, and they called up some dude who's going to be their oh. backup, who is normally their AHL goalie. Who is it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know all their roster that well. But they're it. playing oh. three games in four days. Did we decide? Yeah. So well, I I told you I was listening to Sirius NHL radio today. Um, they said first of all that the the Flyers were shooting for the Islanders, not worrying about Detroit, but that um, wow whoever their, whoever their backup is is going to be playing the first two games, and it could be likely that the guy from the AHL might be in against us. All I see is they've got Neuvirth and Mason. Well, Norbert's hurt. Yeah, yeah. Norbert's hurt. So Mason's going to play the first two, and this guy, whatever his name is, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just he's Billy. not on their roster. They're going to have Mason versus, and then backed up by Billy. Wait, Bill, is that real name? I I call everyone Billy. Billy. It's not a real name. Aren't they Adar? Isn't Adirondack their uh, team still? No, Probably. Uh, oh, Leah, yeah, Leah Valley Phantoms. That's right. Yeah. Adirondack, I think, is not them. No. Adirondack is now, they're basically the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, oh. So we're looking at... They're down a league right now. I know, sorry, the Stockton Heats. Um, Calgary. Because they, they used to be baby Calgary, and now they're baby, baby Calgary. Let's see, they've got in really Martin Ouellet and La, and La Barbara down in... Uh, Lay Valley. Oh, McBackup. It's not La Barbera, it's is, the other guy. It's not La Backup, it's the other one? Martin Olay. Yeah. Olay or whatever. <clears throat> okay. So that, you know, that, oh, he that looks like he's going to lose for them. Um, so. I hope so, because the Avs could use four points this week. Yeah. Yeah. Even just two. Because oh. if they lost to the Flyers, I don't care that much, but we got to win Saturday's game. We need to. Yes. And by the time Minnesota get here, they will now have... They, 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 by the time Minnesota get here, Colorado will now have a game in hand. Which is perfect. I mean, if we if we beat them on Saturday, we'll crush their spirits. I mean, Breezy's going to kill the coach. We'll eat their soul. I mean, they're just... They're, they will they're, beg to Gordog for mercy. They're done like lunch. Suter's going to break down any moment now. Yeah. Actually, that's that is something to watch is uh, whether or not he does break down because he's starting to hit that uh, time frame where he needs to not be uh, eating all those minutes. Fourteen thousand minute mark per season. Yeah. Ow. (laughs) (laughs) So predictions this week. I want to hear it. Big four. Uh, mm. I'm torn. I think uh, this week I go with four points, but one of them comes in. A, two of those come in a shootout. Two do. Wow. What? No. Wait, um, hey, Minnesota a point on our ice. 
<laughs> it'd be the most. Randy. Hey, it, blame the Avalanche. Good one, Randy. <laughs> no, I think they, I think the Avs uh, are hitting that point where they're hungry and they realize it's desperation time. And I think that can be the kind of the best hockey the Avs play. Yeah, I want to see them get some uh, players healthy again, uh, especially for that Predators game on Monday. I- I'd love to see the top scorers back. Um, yeah. Give me four points. I think you beat the Flyers. I think you beat the Wild. I think the Predators are still a tough game for the Avs. Yeah, I, that's next week after that. I think the Avs are so motivated. to. I think uh, I could see a loss in overtime or whatever to Philly just because whatever, but I think they are – they know what Minnesota means. And as we've heard from AJ is this team does not like Minnesota. And, and ever since I heard the BSN podcast about EJ. <laughs> I, I just hear EJ's voice is now Patches O'Houlihan's voice. Yes, 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 I, yes. I just hear him standing in the other side of the locker room. We're gonna packer slap those Minnesota bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Except with EJ, it'd be a few more uh, f bombs. Probably. He's not. He's not PG thirteen rated. He's twenty eight. He's a grown ass man. Well, it's, it, I mean, if you think about it, it really you know the season comes down to Saturday. I mean, I think that's really going to set the tone for the rest of it. I mean, I think whoever wins that game has such an upper hand as far as getting the last spot. Yes. Um, Especially it, considering... It's not because of the standings. I think it's because of the mental thing of it. it. It's that, and it's because of the difference in schedule strength. Because Colorado have a much tougher schedule to end the year. They really do. And yeah. you got to get some points now. you got to use your game in hand well. <laughs> Because playing the Capitals and the Blues and the Stars, that's just a really tough way to finish the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Blues are awful. We always beat them. So same with the Stars. Minnesota still play Ottawa once, Calgary twice. Yep. And Winnipeg once, which they're not nearly as bad of a matchup for. Then the worst team that Colorado have left is a toss-up between Philadelphia and Minnesota. That's brutal. And Anaheim to close out the year. Yep. Well, hopefully at that point, Anaheim doesn't have anything left to play for. Right. That and the Avs, I mean, you know, like AJ was saying last week, the, the Avs just hate the Ducks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's just going to be a hate fest. And I mean, hopefully it, Anaheim's resting players so they have fewer guys to go out and get their hate on. I'm going to even say that hopefully by then it's not even a meaningful game. Hopefully for the Avalanche as well is what you mean. Enjoy. That's what I mean, yeah. Got something clinched. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I, I have a feeling that once Saturday's game goes down, that it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to become obvious pretty quick who's going to end up in the eighth spot and that it probably won't come down to the last game of the season. Not hoping for a shootout goal from Ole Jokinen, a New York? Oh, oh man. Poker. That, that was pain. I wanted him to score it so bad because I like Oliokin. I wanted that shootout to go 15 rounds. <laughs> I wanted to that see Merrick Malik. <laughs> yes. Well, we have gone well over our time that I like to shoot for. So, with uh, in this day and age, you shouldn't be shooting anything. Just edit me out the entire time. <laughs> me too. 
Put somebody smart in, like Earl. Well, <laughs> with, with, with thanks, uh, thanks to you guys for joining me on an evening cast. I know it's not always uh, not the normal time, so I appreciate you. Um, if I love it because I, I can drink beer. If Colorado and Minnesota do go to a 15-round shootout decided by Merrick Malik, you know you can find yes. out here. Um, Bodner Chuck game winner. Oh, wait. On the My High Hockey Podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash myhighhockeypodcast or on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com slash myhighhockeypodcast or on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher, whatever it may be. Um, dog, ca- dog catcher. It's a good one. Sure. Catch the, catch the site on milehighhockey.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash milehighhockey. Follow us on Twitter at milehighhockey. And you can catch us all on Twitter personally as well, except maybe not Ryan. But as for everybody else, we will see you after the Minnesota victory, goddammit. Hells you. fun leaving surprises like that <laughs> I, well i got paranoid after the plane leaves because i drive this gigantic cock inside an engine of an airplane and literally <laughs> this engine only goes and gets looked at once every two weeks and the only time people look at it is when they're doing this inspection and you sign your name to the forms and i'm going i literally put my name for them to see that i did that <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so i'm not really the brightest but i, well, I live in the moment well, I mean, you don't have to be a genius to to get away with cock shocking. I'm, I'm sitting there going, please, please wash out. Please wash out. <laughs> I'm going to pull up the wild schedule, then we'll go. <laughs> I bet it's wild. Go, we are going on way too long without doing anything. Let's get things moving here. Okay. Oh, so it's like an avalanche game for the first two fucking periods. Nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that wasn't called for. That was too real. This week's episode is brought to you by the number six.